Well, hey, kids, welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by Bumby Box. Bumby Box is a better way to play. And let me tell you why. Every month, you get a box of toys for your child or children that have been specifically curated for your child. That means each side, each Bumby box, there are award-winning toys that are tailored to your child's age and interest. And the best part, they support play-based learning activities, which if you're a mom in today's world, if you read anything about that, you know it is super important to get them playing and engaged, especially at a young age. Also, as an added bonus, this is really cool for all my LA moms my earthy mamas out there. Uh, Each Bumby box is free of folates, PVC, BPA, and other harmful plastic chemicals. Every toy in the box is sustainable and eco-friendly. That's incredible. Go to BumbyBox.com. It's a better way to play and enter M-I-H-O-O-D when you check out and you get a special gift from Motherhood in Hollywood. Go and see for yourself at BumbyBox.com. Bumby Box is a better way to play. Come on, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 47 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm so excited because I have my my little guest here with me today. Um, can you say hi, Bunny? Hi. Hi. Channing hasn't been on the show for a while, so she wanted to come and say hi to everybody. Can you say, um, say thanks for listening? Yeah, and then tell me, what are you going to be doing next week at school? Is Are you going to be singing? You have to say yes. You can't just nod your head. They can't see you. Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you doing this morning? Were you watching Frozen? No, I was watching Sadness Movie. Oh, the Sadness Movie. That's right. Um, The Sadness Movie is what we call Inside Out because... My child thinks that sadness is the star of the movie and not joy. So I don't know about you guys, but I think that's kind of sweet, actually. Um, who's your favorite character on the movie? Um, sadness. Yeah, sadness. Yeah. She's pretty sad, huh? But I like joy. And you like joy, too. Oh, good. Because then I would have to be worried. Okay, so Mommy is going to record um, the podcast today. Do you want to say anything to everybody that's listening? Okay. <laughs> the honesty of a child. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Can we go to the park with you? Yes, I'm going to go to the park with you as soon as I'm done. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay, so that was um, my daughter, who I love so much. That's hilarious. Yeah, she calls the Inside Out, the movie Inside Out, the sadness movie. And uh, I don't know what it is about sadness, but she's drawn to her and she thinks it's the movie is about her, which I guess if you think about it, maybe it kind of is because we're all so focused on joy and happiness in our lives that we forget it's okay sometimes to be sad too. So um, I think that's actually pretty perceptive. I'm going to brag a little bit. Mom brag. Uh, Okay. So my guest today my real guest today on the show is Lolly Allen. And Lolly is a vibraphonist, a vibraphist. Oh, geez. I knew I was going to mess that up. A vibraphone player. And she shares what it's like in her experiences to be a professional female jazz musician. Now, I know a lot of you might be like, what? This doesn't have anything to do with moms or Hollywood. And that's okay. Because I have a, a bunch of... Um, a bunch. I have a wide variety of interests, if you will, like I'm sure you do too. So every now and then I like to kind of pull something from a part of my life that maybe doesn't seem so obvious, you know, like someone coming and talking about diapering or whatever. Um, not that I talk about diapering a lot, but you know what I mean? Um, I just like to, to showcase all of the cool and interesting people that I know. And Lolly has been someone I've known and been friends with for quite some time. And I personally think it's pretty amazing that she is a professional vibraphone player. Like I, that's not something you hear of very often. It's very unusual. So she's going to share her story about how she came to that profession and she's one of the only women in the United States who does it. So 
I think that's pretty impressive. Lady power. Uh, Also, I want to give a couple of shout outs to some new Twitter followers real quick. I want to say, hey, what's up to the Story Broads, a place for women in film to uh, talk about uh, writing and support and empowerment. Thank you so much for following Motherhood in Hollywood. Despina, the misfit mom over there. Hey, what's up? Uh, Charles Bivona. Hey, Charlie. I don't know. Can I call you Charlie? Thank you guys so much for finding me on Twitter. If you have not followed motherhood in Hollywood on Twitter yet, do that. It's where I put uh, a lot of wildly inappropriate things. Fun times. It's at MIH podcast. Also on Instagram at motherhood in Hollywood and on Facebook at motherhood in Hollywood as well. Thank you guys so much for all your support. If you have not subscribed yet to the show, please do that. Go to iTunes, click subscribe. If you want to leave a little review saying that I'm your new best friend. That's fine. No judgment. Uh, I'm totally down for that as well. So this coming week is Channing's last week at preschool. And then she's off for like two or three weeks. And you guys, I'm kind of freaking out on the inside. I don't know what to do. I find that I'm sort of frantically looking for things to to do, setting up play dates, um, going, you know, which museum have we not been to in a while? And luckily in Los Angeles, there's just so many options. I may be thinking about um, taking her to the beach one day. We're definitely going to do a Disney day. Uh, would love to hear you guys and your suggestions, what you do in the in-between times between your child's uh, school or during your child's school breaks. You can tweet at me at MIH podcast or email me Heather at motherhood Hollywood.com. We'd love to hear your suggestions. And what else? Um, I've had some pretty good auditions lately. I know last week I was kind of uh, pissing and moaning because everything's been a little bit slow. Picked up a little bit this week, um, and I already have a couple set for next week, so we'll see how those go. And you know what? I'm, I'm taking Channing with me. I am taking Channing with me to uh, a couple of the auditions that I have because I don't have any other option. Um, and sometimes, moms, you got to do what you got to do. It's just the nature of our beast. And um, until a casting director tells me, no, don't ever do that again, then I'm doing it. It's, it's my life. It's now or never. Oh my God. I just swear I'm not drunk. But, uh, and I also just pulled up like a 20 year old song reference. Kudos to anybody who got that song reference. (laughs) Um, okay. So that's what's happening. I'm going to just sort of take my career by the balls next week and do, do some kick-ass auditions. I'll tell you what I'm loving though, is the auditions that come in for that are taped because I can absolutely then, I don't have to scramble and worry about um, childcare. I can absolutely just have her there with me, which has been a huge bonus. Uh, so I'm all for that. But I also like, you know, the one-on-one FaceTime that you get with casting directors. So on one hand, the technology moving forward for taped auditions is fantastic. But I also, you know, I like going in and saying hi to the casting directors. And then they get to know you and they know you're not a cuckoo bird and, you know, want to call you in for other things. So um, yeah, the technology is good. Sometimes, sometimes not so much. All right. So I'm going to get right into this interview with Lolly Allen. Cause I hear my family on the other side of the door. We're all getting ready to go to the park. So I want to get this show edited and together so we can all go and have a great day at the park. Here is my interview with professional vibraphonist musician, Lolly Allen. Oh, I hate it when that happens. (laughs) My mic got sad. Yeah. Um, Let's just go for it. You want to go for it? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Just go go for it. Do it. Um, You guys, I'm talking right now to my friend, Lolly Allen. Thank you, Lolly, for coming by. Hey, hey, it's my pleasure. So I have been weirdly obsessed with you um, for a while. We, okay, so let me back up. I'm like jumping ahead by like five thoughts. So I've known you for a long time because we met at Acme Comedy Theater. That's right. We never actually performed together, though, right? I don't think we were ever on stage together. No, huh? Never. Um, did you go for improv or sketch, or did you do both? I went for improv. Okay. I did a little bit of sketch, but it was mostly improv. Improv was your jam? That was my jam. Um, and then I did not know at the time, because I think because we were sort of in different circles or whatever and I was probably pretty bitchy <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I was probably pretty snobby still am um but uh I did not know that you're a professional vibraphonist Am well, I saying that right vibraphist vibraphonist that's right okay. um people also say vibist oh vibist Ooh, um, that even sounds cooler yeah some people call it vibraharp 
Vibraharp. Yeah, so you could conceptually say vibraharpist and get away with it. Vibraharpist. Yeah, but you are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Vibraphonist is good. That's kind of industry standard. Vibraphonist. It just sounds like a mouthful and it sounds like I'm probably being incorrect in some way. But so it's nice Let's to see. be reaffirmed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You got it. Um. So tell me, I, I'm I'm fascinated with this because I, I think I told you at Brandy's birthday party, I used to play the xylophone, which I know is different. <laughs> Um, but I think it's amazing what you do. Watching you play is incredible. So tell me, first of all, what is a vibraphone and how did you get interested in it? Have you been playing your whole life? And Well, first of all, let me go back a little bit. You were, you were a sweetheart. You're not bitchy at all. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> A total sweetheart. Thank you. And Thank you. I am, the respect is so mutual. My admiration is so mutual mm-hmm. for what you do. So it's That's such so a nice. pleasure. Yeah. Thank such you. a pleasure to be here with you. First Thank of all. You. Um, and I, I always thought you were cool, even though we never share the stage. I was like, that girl's cool. Oh, you know, we didn't know each other, but, That's um, awesome. but yeah. And as, in terms of, you know, actually I was not really telling a lot of people that I was a musician at that time. Oh, really? And I don't have a good reason for why, <laughs> but I can tell you that, um, I took a break from playing music. Um, I got to a certain place in my career and I just sort of said, you know, I think I need just a little time to take a break from that and focus on other things. Um, And that kind of gave me, you know, sort of gave me a sense of, okay, I don't have to, you know, kill myself over this thing. If I if I come back to it, it's going to be because I love it. Right. Because I enjoy it, not because I feel like I have to do it or be some kind of perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I think... I feel that as an artist, I feel this like perfectionism creep in sure. where I just want to do the best, whatever it is. Yeah. In this case, uh, you know, making an album um, is something I've been doing lately, uh, making another album, a new album. And I have to say my perfectionism is really <laughs> coming in and kicking my butt. Um, but anyway, you had asked what is a vibraphone what are, yeah let's we'll start with like the, just the basics because i know there's a lot of people out there going like i don't even know what that is that's it a good question awesome. well <laughs> um and you mentioned having a xylophone i think yeah, or playing yeah. a xylophone when i was three years old i had a toy fisher price xylophone you know those multicolored ones yes. with a little hammer yeah a lot of parents probably know what that is because it's you know i mean if you don't know what a xylophone is you're dumb so you should google <laughs> that but it's yeah it's the little thing they can bang on with all the colors and you know ding 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 ding, ding. yeah and mine had little tiny wheels and it was on a string yeah. and i could pull it around they still make those by the way the exact same kind of thing because channing had like a couple that's fantastic yeah. yeah they're great toys and they're a mm-hmm. lot of fun and i remember mine and i loved it and that is uh, kind of similar to what I play, only the big grown-up version. Is it like plugged in? Is it electrified? Because I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's like an acoustic guitar versus an electric guitar. They're just partly true. Partly true. Um, xylophone is supposedly made out of wood. Now these toy Fisher mm-hmm. Price ones are metal, n- and not necessarily. Yeah, right. whatever. Um, but technically, xylo would would mean like wood. So the xylophone is supposedly made out of wood. Um, sometimes they're made out of other things, mm-hmm. but vibraphone is almost always made. The bars are made out of uh, metal, okay. so it's got more of a bell tone. Where xylophone always has sort of a wood sound, a warmer, plinky yeah. kind of plinky wood sound. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that um, makes total sense what you're saying. Okay. What, yeah, <laughs> there's more. Yeah. It gets better. There's a pedal like on a piano. Oh. So it gives it a sustain because you got this bell ringing out and you don't want it to necessarily ring out and you can take the damper pedal off just like a piano oh, okay. or you can put it on and make the note longer. Um, and then the final thing, what really makes it a vibraphone, a vibraphone, mm-hmm. is the motor, the electronic component that you mentioned. Right. Um, you plug it in and it's got this little fan belt uh-huh. and these little wheels that make these tiny little fans under every single bar spin around this is like really kind of wah-wah sound yeah oh that's so cool I didn't know that yeah so did you sort of develop a love of that particular instrument as a child or was it later on that you or have you always been into music you know I always was into music I was always into performing or being creative in some way and um in terms of being into percussion Oh, yeah. I definitely wanted to hit things for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was interesting because when I think back to it, you know, um, there was this project when I was in fourth grade and my dad helped me with it. We were supposed to make a musical instrument 
And oh, he cool. helped me like tune pieces of wood and then like strap them down to this thing with some nails in it, like a little xylophone. Basically, we made Whoa, that's awesome. a little xylophone. And um, so, yeah, it was it was funny that it was always kind of something. Yeah, I'm going to make a mental note of that to do more awesome crafts because that's yeah. like that sounds so cool. I don't even know how I would begin to make something like that. Yeah. Were your parents pretty influential in that way or in encouraging you to do music or did it just sort of come naturally? I got to say they were really, really supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, they made me feel like I could do anything I wanted and I would be successful. All night. Those Wait, are good parents. Isn't it? It, it sounds good. That's awesome. And yeah. yet the reality is I don't know if that's true. <laughs> now you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, you know, I could. But, um, but yeah, they were really, really supportive and mm-hmm. they loved um, music. They loved music a lot. And we Was ha- there always music playing in your house? No. Well, this is what's so funny. They almost never, ever played music. Oh, really? Yeah. It was so bizarre. Huh. Um, they never, they never had a radio on. They never played, um, records. Oh, wow. Did you, you know, go to concerts or? They, they would take me to concerts. Um, my mom in particular liked to go to jazz clubs and cabarets and like musicals. Ew, that's cool. So I love all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and then when I was in school band, you know, I went to whatever everybody was doing. I loved being in school band. I was actually, a little trivia about Heather Brooker, I was first chair percussion. What? What? I know. Get out. A lot of people don't know that. I actually was in marching band, but I was also in the jazz band. I was terrible in the jazz band. They should never let me You played percussion in the jazz band? I did. I played um, the trap, the trap set. Well, I played a trap set, but I also played the bass drum. Um, we're on the, sometimes, uh, when we were marching on the field, like if somebody right. didn't show up, I'd have to fill in on that. But I also played the xylophone, like over on the side sidelines. Wow. I'm talking about during football games, I should say. Sure. Um, and then in, we always had our jazz band for like basketball games and stuff like that. I don't know why my school for some reason was like, it's basketball. <laughs> Let's make it a jazz band. That yeah. didn't make, it never made any like sense. Like pep band or something. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah. And then I played, um, the quads. Cool. Uh, I would strap on the quad set <laughs> and I would just, you know, go to town. I played the xy- I played it all. The xylophone, the triangle, all of it. Because I totally would have guessed clarinet for you. you and I don't so? know why. Oh, yeah. The, the woodwinds were the biggest nerd. Is that yeah, somehow an insult? <laughs> when a percussionist right. says, I thought you would have played, that's somehow an insult. Totally I don't know why. Insult. Listen, no, nobody wants to be the woodwind instruments. <laughs> it was gross. The horn people, everybody was gross because they were always spitting out mm. stuff from their instruments. It was disgusting. Yes. And where I would just sit there with my drumsticks and twirl them around. I can't do it now. My fingers are too fat. <laughs> But I would like twirl it around and I was like, I'm badass. Like what? And I have my triangle is ding. Oh my gosh. Um, we had this teacher and I'll never forget this poor man in middle school jazz band. He was our uh, band leader for a few years. His name was Mr. Beaver. No joke. <laughs> of course, I didn't know then that Beaver was like a ha ha, you know, vagina joke. <laughs> but Mr. Beaver had the worst temper and he would, he would come over and for the percussionist, which I'm sure you, I don't know if you... You experience this or not, but for the percussion teachers, they like to go and they like make the noise yeah. that they think the drum is going to make with their face. And Mr. Beaver would do that. And I would just sit there and look at him like, stop it. Just stop what you're doing. And he got so mad one day in our band class that he just started like flipping chairs. He pulled on like hulked out and had to come back the next day and like apologize to all of us. I don't even remember what set him off, but something did. I don't know if we just weren't playing it right or we were being just total buttholes because we were eighth graders. But um, yeah, poor Mr. Beaver, that poor guy. We just gave him a hard time. But I I loved band. I loved being a percussion. The percussion was where it was at. Yeah, it was. I definitely felt like the cool kid in the band. Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, I yeah, I loved be- playing percussion. Was cool. Yeah, it really felt cool. <laughs> and then, did you decide to carry that over into college, or because where did you study? Um, yeah, I went first. I went to Ithaca College for a couple years. Mm-hmm. I wound up transferring and going to New England Conservatory in Boston. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you lived in Boston for a while? I did. Wow. Is that why a Boston phone number came up on my phone? That's right, girl. I was like, who's calling me? Is it, a, it could be a bill collector or, <laughs> or maybe it's Lolly. Or it's Lolly. Or it's Lolly. Um, my husband uh, lived in Boston for a while. Oh, he cool. Loved it. Well, I should say when he was little, not recently. Like he was, he lived there for 
of quite a few years when his dad was teaching. Um, I don't remember the name of the school, oh, but cool. we went to, we love Boston, yeah. but you went and studied music. Uh, is that a very fancy school? For uh, music? Yeah, it's pretty fancy. <laughs> I'd, I'd say fancy factor is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, although as fancy as it is, people will often get confused and call it the Boston Conservatory, mm-hmm. which is a very is a different place. Also a good school, oh. uh, but a different kind of a different focus. So there's one that's conservatory specifically for music. Well, What's the other conservatory? Boston Conservatory is also music, um, and I. I th- I, th- I think they have a lot of dance there, maybe. Oh, that makes sense. I yeah. actually, I'm just pulling this out of my butt. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Boston Conservatory. Uh, they're not listening. It's yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but also a good school. But New England Conservatory uh, is is a different school, and is the one I went to. What led you to want to pursue a career in music, and specifically this instrument? Because I have to say, one of the things that's things that strikes me as the most impressive with you is that you're a woman, you're a vibraphonist and it's, you're a professional at both of those. No, that you're <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that you're, you're a professional woman in jazz, yeah. essentially a uh, professional musician. And that's amazing to me. You know, it's not like a lot of little girls. I don't feel like go, Oh, I want to play the trap set, for, you know, right. for life. And so I'm fascinated with why you decided to do that. Thanks for asking that question, actually. That's a great question. And I've thought about it quite a bit. You know, I think at the school level, like especially in grade school and high school, I think there are more girls playing, maybe not as many as there are guys, but there are more than you see in the professional world, you know, at a certain point. um, I don't know why, but I guess women make other choices. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. I, for me, I... Well, see, I tend to live in a lot of fantasy. (laughs) And part of my fantasy was that I would, you know, get a degree in music and then like the doors would just open up and like all these gigs and I'd be playing at every jazz club and I'd be like touring the world. And and maybe some people do have that experience, but, you know, you don't really necessarily go into jazz music thinking, I'm going to be rich. Right, right. You know, my question is, can you make a living as a professional jazz musician like uh, that's to me that definitely and I say this as an actress trying to you know someone who's trying to be an actor yeah it sounds like a very difficult road to travel and you can do it and it's not easy no but it can be done and I think the important thing you said make a living like it's it's you're not going to be given a living you might be I mean there's Mm -hmm. possibilities that you might be Uh, you know, somebody might hand you a a full career, but there's bigger possibility that you would have to actually make it yourself. And I have found that to be true. It's like you do have to do your own promotion at times. You do have to be the band leader at times. You know, um, you can't rely on just sitting next to the phone and necessarily waiting for it to call. You have to take initiative, you know, start um, putting together your own band and getting out there. So you have to hustle. You, I, I mean, I think that is, is crucial. Is that hard for a musician? Yeah, it can be a challenge. I think you guys, I, f- I get the impression a lot of musicians are so very like laissez-faire and you know like whatever, man. I'm all about the music. <laughs> well, is that a misconception? No, do you think? no. So many artists. I mean, mm-hmm. across the board in every field, you know, in acting, the same thing. Right. So many people are like, "Well, I'm not good at the business aspect. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. good at marketing. I'm well, not guess good what? At networking. Yeah, or whatever. I yeah. hear that so much, and I've mm-hmm. I said that a million times too. Like, oh, I just want to make my music and have someone else do all the, you know. <laughs> all the business but it's like no then there are people that are going to be out there and you'll be sitting at home making music and and waiting for the phone to ring but I I think you do have to get out there you know I think you have to take a a lot of initiative are you finding any um there one thing also that's interesting to me is that doesn't seem to be a lot of people like you there's not a lot of women vibraphonists right the the female you are a unicorn right (laughs) I am actually a unicorn. You are a unicorn. And, you know, I knew when I was in Boston, I knew a handful. And even here, I know a few. Um, Boston had a very rich, has a very rich mm-hmm. musical scene, still does. Those I mean, the East Coast. Over. F Boston, they're over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, and I knew I was had women around me that played vibes, that played percussion. And even here, there I know a few that um, that play professionally. 
Um, but again, it's such a male dominated thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure why that is. I don't know. I can't tell you. I just that maybe yeah. a lot of the women I knew in the perca- or in the percussion in band, they all played the flute. Yeah. There was something about the flute. Maybe it was more feminine or, they, right. you know, they play the piano, but piano is considered to be percussion, I guess. But um, it is, right? Well, I mean, technically speaking, yes, because yeah. there are little hammers yeah, the little percussion hitting the strings. little yeah. strings. So you would technically could yeah. call it percussion. Most but of my most of my friends in the band, I was one of the only girls in percussion. I may have been one year the only girls, but most of my friends played the flute. They played dainty, yeah, little instruments. Um, and uh, I loved, like you said, I love just hitting the drums, just getting after. There's yeah. nothing cooler than watching a girl like play the drums, um, or play like the vibraphone or something. It's just there's something really powerful about the percussion instruments. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation with my friend and musician, Lolly Allen. Now, if you've got a little one who is also a musician or loves to play with games and toys and learn about new activities, you have to check out Bumby Box at BumbyBox.com. Bumby Box is an eco-friendly toy subscription service. So what that means is every month in the mail, you get a box full of toys that have been specifically chosen for your child's age level and interest. They're all play-based toys, so that means they'll get really engaged and active with their toys. And one of the coolest things that I know parents really like is the toys are all chemical free. There's no PVC, BPA, or other harmful plastics in any of these toys. Pretty awesome. Go and check out how great Bumby Box is for yourself at BumbyBox.com and make sure you enter the code M-I-H-O-O-D when you go to checkout and you'll get 10% off from Motherhood and Hollywood and Bumby Box, a better way to play. You know what? You're right. And I'm thinking about it like as a woman hauling equipment. Yeah. <laughs> it's there is some physical labor to oh, it. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge workout for me to um and I have a tiny car right now. So what I do is I take my instrument, I break it down. It breaks down into six pieces. One of them's quite large, like almost the size of your futon there, mm-hmm. but it's like uh, you know, a lot of equipment to break down. I shove it in my car. It takes some effort. And you haul it to your cl- your club dates. And I set it all up. And I break it all down again. I put it back in my car, bring yeah. it home, set it all up. There's a lot of... Um, so you really have to love it then because there's that aspect of it. There's the hustle aspect of it. You obviously enjoy doing it because, I mean, I would think that at some point you'd be like, ah, oh, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. It brings me so much joy. I just, I can't... I'm so transparent. I'm like a billboard when I'm playing <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. I'm just... I'm a different person. I'm really happy doing it. Yeah. Um, I want to take this opportunity to play one of your songs on the podcast. Cool. And it was one of the ones you sent me today. And uh, Tell me, you sent me two songs today. So tell me what are the names of those songs? I, I sent you um, most of the songs that I have on my previous album and the one I'm making now are instrumental. And then there's one that, had, um, that I sent you that has vocals on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that particular song was one I had written, so it's an original. And what's uh, that one called? And that one um, is called Daydream Brazil. Okay, so we're going to take a moment. I'm going to play a little snippet of Daydream Brazil so you can hear Lolly and um, get a great sampling, if you will, of yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I want to give a shout-out. The vocalist on this is... Uh, Chiara Chiavello. Oh. Trying to say it like an Italian. That's she, very sexy. An name. Italian vocalist, yeah. Okay, so you guys, here is Daydream Believer. Daydream Brazil. Oh, I said Daydream. I made you the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> For like a second, I was like, here's the monkeys. Woohoo. I'm an idiot. All right. All right, here's Lolly Allen on the vibraphone.
that is from your new album or from your previous That's album? That's my uh, previous album entitled Alan Has Funk. Alan Has Funk? It's not a funk album, but I can tell you why I named it that. Okay, why? Well, um, it was a trio album. Mm-hmm. Um, my last name is Alan. Mm-hmm. And the drummer's last name was Hazilla, H-A-Z-I-L-L-A. And then the bass player's last name was Funkhauser. So what it's a great a, name. Alan has, with a Z, Funk. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that worked out well. Yeah, totally. And now, are they a part of your, um, is it a quintet that, that backs you up? So I made that album when I was in Boston. Okay. And now in LA, I have a different quintet with different musicians. Okay. And yes, um, sometimes the musicians will change a little bit, um, but for the most part, I've been using the same quintet and uh, sometimes we'll add musicians as well up to like a nine piece group. Um, Is it hard uh, to find, are are you finding any resistance at all from men who are like, no, I'm not going to back up some girl that's playing a vibraphone or is there, are you finding that musicians are like, "Mm, yeah, let's do this. You're a really great player or like... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There is a very simple formula. Mm-hmm. Pay the musicians. <laughs> and they'll show and up. And they love it. <laughs> yes. And yeah. they're like, what time? That's we'll really, be there. Yeah. Actors are like that too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> pay, pay us. I'll be there. What time? Um, no, nobody has ever, you know, I've never been given a hard time in any way about being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, there, there's nothing I, I can't say that, um, I've ever felt anything odd about that. I wonder if it's because the music industry is so much more accepting um, of gender roles and things like that, or maybe they're a little more liberal. Like, I don't know if I'm maybe going out on a limb there, but I feel like in there's so much um, frustration from women coming from business and like the dot coms and, you know, those types of industries mm. where I wonder if maybe in music, it's just like, yeah, if you can play, like, come on in. And yeah, well, I think women have had a very, very important role in music mm-hmm. f- since the beginning. And that's, you know, the female voice. It's such an important thing. Um, and, you know, male voice is a totally different instrument. You know, sometimes they can sound similar, but, you know, the female voice is just, I mean, it's a, got a crucial place. So Absolutely. why not any other instrument? And quite honestly, there's there's nothing that makes a man a, a better or worse player. You know, it's just about practicing, really. Right. And you, um, even though you had a guest vocalist on that last, on the song that we just heard, you also sing though, right? Yes, that's and right. Do you, uh, do you enjoy that part of it or would you rather just sort of play and kind of keep to yourself, like not keep to yourself, but you know, kind of <laughs> just do your thing or would you? I love it. I love singing. And there's something about singing that is such a, a pure expression, you know, because there's no actual, I mean, your body's the instrument. There's no other instrument. Right. You know, obviously you have a microphone, but there's, there's no, there's nothing between you and the music you're making. So there's something just so, in many ways, vulnerable about it, mm-hmm. but expressive about it as well. And for me, it's been a long journey of learning how to use that instrument. Um, I think percussion came easier for me because it was less vulnerable. Sure. I mean, it's literally a, an aggressive act of hitting things, you know? <laughs> like it's a, If you watch Lolly play, it's a, it's a very physical instrument because yeah. you're moving constantly whether you're doing like little small movements like around the same keys or you're moving up and down um is it what i call it the board wow. you could right, <laughs> it's um I'm, i would yeah keep I'm you call it butchering the... <laughs> every music term you've ever learned i'm sure you're just like oh my god not at all <laughs> no the keyboard you literally would call it the, the keyboard, keyboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay so the board so yeah or yeah i would use the word keyboard keyboard okay <laughs> thank you for correcting me because no, i'm sure if any musicians out there listening they're like oh my god you're killing me um but no like it's a very physical um instrument to play yeah, yeah. you know and uh so i would imagine that that's kind of a fun performance aspect for you because yes. you can decide how much flair you want to add or you know if you just want to keep it simple and some your movement small yeah and you know i i apparently am fairly flamboyant you when are. i play it's and fun. i didn't it's fun to watch you play yeah i didn't even realize how flamboyant I was until I saw some pictures you know this is five years ago I saw some pictures somebody had taken and it was like one after another my mallets are way up in the air yeah and I'm I'm, I'm looking at this 
and I'm like, wow, am I really raising them that high? <laughs> and the truth is I do raise them and I swing them around a lot. And it's not because I'm trying to put on a big flamboyant show. It's uh-huh. literally just, you know, for me, there's something to it that that is part of the music part for of me. the rhythm for you yeah part of the music I mean if you've ever seen there's a famous percussionist her name is Evelyn Glennie mm-hmm. and she is very dramatic when she just plays a snare drum you'll see her like like look at it and then walk away from it like she's <laughs> You're like a tango dancer or yeah, something yeah, yeah. and like, then I she, see you drum I like, see you and she'll look <laughs> back and then she'll like touch it like on the head gently or something you know like that sounds fantastic and I watched this and I was thinking man she's really putting on a show but the truth is there's it's probably there's a little bit of show business in there but she might really just be feeling the music that way yeah I don't I mean I know that I'm I'm not trying to put on a show and I really am just feeling the music as like all right raise it high and right you know get after it that's right what do you think about the current state of music? Because it sounds like you've, you know, you're so closely involved in it. And I know that you're, uh, you're, you love jazz, but I'm sure you love all other kinds of music too, right? Yeah. What do you think about the current state of music right now? Because my husband is like, it's garbage. All of it is just garbage. Well, I, you know, I definitely um, don't relate to much of it. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of great music still being made. And of course, there are styles that aren't mainstream that have more of a niche um, place or, you know, a smaller place. But they're they're still widely supported. You know, classical music, you know, doesn't take in quite as much money as, say, pop music, you know, in terms of record sales. But there's such a strong... Um, support because the people who love it love it you know one thing that's neat about today's music is that there seems to be a lot more power handed over to the musician in terms of you can now make your own albums yeah you can um, get your own record released uh, without ever having to go to press or you know any uh, reach out to a vinyl company and say print my album you know what I mean like it used to be done so long ago now you can literally record an album on your garage band in your room and yeah. like submit it online and get fans. Um, and you recently did for your new album, um, an Indiegogo campaign. Yes. So tell me about that. How did it go? And, uh, tell me a little bit about your new album. Well, the Indiegogo campaign was a really cool experience and it's kind of scary too, mm-hmm. because you're basically asking everyone, you know, and everyone you don't know for money for this thing that hopefully will be good. Yeah. So first of all, you have to at least convince yourself that it's going to be good or you have to have some belief in yourself or, uh, you know, it's, um, so that's sort of a personal challenge. Um, and I knew that the music was going to be good. I knew it was going to be really great. And I knew the band was, you know, I'd rehearsed a lot and was ready to go. I knew it sounded good. So it was going to be good. Um, but then the part where, (laughs) You know, you then do this campaign to ask everybody you know, hey, chip in. (laughs) Um, It's a little frightening. It can be a little scary. And the most amazing miracle happens when you start to see all the support coming your way from people you had no idea Mm-hmm. gave the least bit of a damn. They gave no F. You, yeah. thought, you thought they did not give any Fs. They and you're d- like, oh my God, they just gave 20 bucks. Right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, some people really blow your mind with their generosity. And it's just so touching. It's so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's beyond the monetary value by leaps and bounds just to know, oh my goodness, this project is being supported. People are encouraging me. They believe in me. It's incredible. So you raised, you met your goal. Yes. And you recorded your second album? So this is technically my second album as a leader. Oh, um, cool. And like I said, the the first one I did was, was in Boston. In Boston. Wasn't really sure what I was doing, <laughs> but gave it a whack. Right, right. I mean, sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to just jump in and go, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like with this podcast, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm just going to start recording and, and hope I figure it out along the way. So. Yeah. Uh, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I yeah, it, it was exciting. So my goal was $12,000. I had no idea if that was wow. feasible, but that's what I wanted to make, you know, a modest 
album. And that was like to get studio time and pay musicians and, yeah. and uh, all of the marketing stuff too? Yes. Um, there's a lot, you know, there's mixing, there's mastering, um, there's production of the actual CDs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. Paying the musicians. Um, I had originally thought I was just going to record with my five-piece band. And then I realized we have these great arrangements that the five-piece band is playing um, by the same arranger, by the piano player Tom, for a nine-piece band. And uh, um, why not just add the, you know, four extra musicians to it and just sort of um, beef it up a little bit for a few songs. Now, are these arrangements that you wrote? Some of them. Some of them are arrangements I did. Many of them are arrangements that uh, Tom Owens, the piano player, did. And um, some of them... Let's see. There's one. I'm, I've got one original uh, that's my composition on there, and uh, another uh, composition by a friend of mine, uh, Carl Saunders, who's a f- famous trumpet player, a great, um, renowned trumpet player. You'll have to forgive me because you will probably say a lot of really famous musicians' names, and I'll be like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't. You're is not expected Brittany? to. Is it Britney? Because that uh, Britney Spears. And yeah. I, no, but I think it's. I'm actually just really fascinated with that whole world, and I'm. It's something I would like to know more about. I feel like sometimes when I listen to NPR, and they have like their jazz. <laughs> They'll play some jazz music or something. I'm like, oh, I feel smarter already. <laughs> um, I think that's so cool. How does that make you feel whenever you have worked on a piece of music, you have then recorded it for your album and then to be able to hear it back? Like, what does that mean to you? How does that feel? It's just so incredible. I mean, it's really, it's, it's such a high, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I really, it is, I get high from it for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a lot of hard work and sometimes there's disappointments. You know, I had an original composition that we recorded during the first day of recording. And you know what? I, I, everyone played it well, but I realized eh, I'm not in love with how this song is. I think I need to arrange it better or it needs something. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I want to include it on the album. And that's my prerogative and that's yeah. okay. And, um, you know, but there's something kind of nice about being in charge of your own album too, right? Yes. Because you produced it and everything. So unlike having another producer come in or a big record label come in and say, right. you can't do this or you have to include that track. Right. That's got to be pretty empowering as well. Well, this day and age is so limer- uh, liberating mm-hmm. for artists to be able to do things like, you know, host their own web series or their own podcast or, you know, mm-hmm. make their own album. You know, people record in their own living rooms, really high quality um, stuff. Well, we did this in a, in a great studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be able to sort of do projects independent projects um and put them out there now what is it about jazz specifically do you think that you're drawn to um well i'm gonna tell you that back in junior high when i was clamoring to be in the jazz band (laughs) i'm just gonna tell you there was a guy i had a crush on oh my gosh it's starts with a guy I know Molly. well I told you I lived in a lot of fantasy right so that's adorable oh gosh was he in the jazz band <sighs> yes what did he play oh god I can't even say it I can't even do why? it why will he know is he listening <laughs> yes it will he oh, will know my god are you still friends with him yeah <gasps> he'll definitely know Scandalous. but you know he always knew and okay. I was just like this little kid anyway so mm-hmm. I'm sure it was flattering oh my but, god that's adorable um I just used to sit behind the piano and kind of like like it's the only chance I got to look at him oh my god I'm sorry so I'm so sorry um I'm yeah. Is he like married now with like nine children or something? I, something like that. All right. I think so. Oh my God, that's adorable. So that's why you got into the band, yeah. the jazz band. And then you were like, hey, wait a minute, this is actually cool. Well, and I showed up with my drumsticks, yeah, because I wanted to be a drummer or a percussionist. <laughs> we didn't even have a vibraphone at my school. I didn't know what that oh, was wow. yet. Um, but when I when I got to the you know rehearsal, the band director, he shook his head and he pointed over at the piano. He said, you're going to be over here. And I was like, all right. I mean, I'm okay. So I went and I sat down at the piano. I was not good, but I could play. Yeah. Oh, I love that the band director was like, you are the girl. You play the piano. Well, and <laughs> he, but it was, it was like his political reason was that there was a senior who was the piano player and she had been in the band for a while, but uh-huh. she was going to be leaving. She was a senior. Oh, so he needed, so he needed someone that could play piano. So I wasn't, I wasn't there for my own personal enrichment. You ah. know, I was there to fill the piano chair. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So that's how you got into jazz. And yeah. then in college is when you sort of developed a love for the vibraphone. 
Yeah, um, it was actually the first time I officially played a vibraphone was when I was 17 years old. I just turned 17. I went to music camp for the summer, and it was at Eastman School of Music, and it was this high high school summer session, and I was in this room, and they, during the first few days, they were doing placements, placement auditions to see who was going to go in which ensemble. Okay. So there was like an A ensemble, there was a B ensemble, there Ooh, were other ensembles. Nobody wanted to be in the B ensemble. Well, you know, we're all hoping, and so <laughs> I'm in there, and I'm, I'm there because, you know, I auditioned on piano, mm-hmm. and I'm in there, and I'm listening to all these kids that were much better than I was, because yeah. um, we're all in one big room for placement together all the pianists all the guitarists and um and I'm just kind of sweating and they're calling one after another of these really these kids from different you know cities in upstate New York and around um the greater area um and California too I actually remember meeting a lot of kids from out of state but um so I was panicked, and then I spotted across the room I was like hey that's a vibraphone I think I can play that I, yeah, I know I can play that because I know it's like a xylophone and yada yada. I've yeah. been practicing a xylophone. So um, when they called my name, I said, uh, could I audition on that? And they looked and they're like, all right, I don't see why not. So they stuck a piece of music in front of me and they said, all right, go ahead and sight, sight read this music. Yeah. And I had these mallets with me and... Um, I didn't know how to use the pedal. I'd never played a vibraphone. And all the kids in the room, they're all listening and watching. And the oh little, panel my of, gosh. little panel of judges and were all listening. And I just put the pedal down. And I started playing all the notes. <gasps> the, song, the song was called Straight No Chaser, which is just all these chromatic notes one after another. Mm. So ringing out like this big cluster. <laughs> and everybody just looked with these expressions on their faces like, okay. Was it bad well they they were like <laughs> i played all the right notes right but, but, but like, not, not with uh, the, the right with the, like inflections and you yeah know, with the pedal the, down oh. so it's like the notes are just ringing blah, everywhere blah, yeah. oh my gosh um, so yes it was bad did you get into the b group they put me in the b group <laughs> oh no oh no yeah um but i got to practice that instrument all summer and i came home from band camp and I went hey I'm a vibes player I want to play the vibes that's awesome so it was like totally on a whim it was just like hey I want to do this and you just stepped up and yeah did it I had really been thinking it over like what what instrument do I really want to focus on Mm -hmm. and um, even though I was there to play piano it was clear to me that there was kind of a spot open nobody was playing vibes there yeah there were vibes I was had already been playing a lot of percussion um so it just kind of felt like yeah I want to I want to do that that's so cool and now you uh, in early June are is it a festival that you're going to or that you're going to be playing at or oh yeah the um June uh 5th is the vibe summit that's so cool what every is that? <laughs> yeah, it's the summit uh-huh. um I every- feel like there, there's going to be a lot of weed something <laughs> that's called a vibes summit Somebody better be smoking a lot of weed. You know, <laughs> I, there might be. I, 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 I maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's like a four-hour concert, and um, there's there's food. There's like a buffet. This is put on by the uh, Los Angeles Jazz Society, cool. and there's a raffle, and they they sell stuff. They sell the artists' CDs, and all these vibes players come from especially from southern california but you know other places as well to play one or two songs with a house band mm-hmm. um and then there's maybe a student uh, a few students that might get a chance to get up um and then they give an award every year to a different uh, vibraphonist that they vote on and this year i am the recipient of the vibe summit uh th- I get, they're they're calling it the honoree i'm the honoree that's so amazing lolly that's really cool congratulations that Thanks. is really incredible Thanks. i seriously just got chills i think that i'm like like i said i'm so impressed with you and i'm so like moved by your story because i think it's such a great example for young women young girls to say and you may not even have this intention you may not have even like realized this but what a great example for young girls who are interested in music who want to play a unique instrument and maybe don't think they can make a living off of it or have a career in it and you are totally pushing that boundary and proving that you can and like I, I just think that's fantastic and it's very inspirational Thanks, and I'm Heather. not gonna cry <laughs> 
I appreciate that. I think that's so wonderful. Okay, so we've got the Vibe Summit coming up, and then you also have, when is your new album coming up? The new album is going to be released. Hopefully it will be ready. Um, I'm I'm aiming for the end of July, um, but certainly by August we should have the new album ready. Um, yeah, and then on June 18th I'm having a little birthday and <laughs> a little concert uh, at Bar Fedora, which is in Los Angeles, and so come all ye jazz lovers out to that. And uh, instead of a quintet, I'm going to have six people. Um, so there are going to be some special guests. And that'll be a lot of fun on June 18th. That's fantastic. Okay, so um, where can people keep track of you and uh, be on the lookout for your new album when it comes out and any shows you have coming up? Yeah, um, so I have an online presence at lollyvibe.com. That's L-O-L-L-Y-V-I-B-E. Dot com and also find me on Facebook on my musician page. Just should they look up Lolly Allen or Lolly Vibe? Uh, it's it's Lolly Allen actually. I think mm, I think on, it is Lolly Allen actually. And I'm yeah. gonna put all of this stuff as well links to it on the Motherhood in Hollywood page. Cool. So, um, thank you so much for coming by and talking today and let me like b- get my geeky band <laughs> self on. I'm like ooh a fellow percussionist. Although. I wouldn't say fellow. You've clearly gone beyond my <laughs> early percussion years and taken it to new levels. So congratulations on everything. I think it's fantastic. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Heather, for You're asking welcome. me. All right, you guys, everybody go to motherhoodandhollywood.com to find more information about Lolly and her upcoming shows and album. And also you can find us on Twitter at MIH podcast and Facebook and Instagram at motherhood and Hollywood. And we're going to do something a little different and let Lolly's music wrap us up today. This is her song called Bittersweet. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.